Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. Time now for the DenverSports.com front page. Stop what you're doing and listen. Taking a look at the top stories in Denver sports taken from your online home for the best opinions and information on the Broncos, Nuggets, Avalanche, Rockies, and more. What in the name of Dan Issel? With today's DenverSports.com front page, here's Schlereth and Evans. News team here we go here we go we've got uh, andrew mason kicking things off why oh. is michael Penix jr trending out of round one as may says well according to the scorching critique of one mark schlereth who he uh, quotes extensively throughout this uh, article on my list johnny he said um mark schlereth believes some of Michael Penix Jr.'s work was making mincemeat of bad Pac-12 defenses. I'll downgrade Pac-12 defenses, said Schlereth. I think they're horrible. There are a lot of things that aren't transferable. You uh, you know that Caleb Williams is Pac-12 quarterback. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he plays at USC. Yeah. You know that Justin Herbert was a Pac-12 quarterback. Yep, I do. Okay. Again, it's not about it's not about those guys and what they did against Pac-12 defenses. It's it's about what those guys have that I think is transferable from a skill set. And it's always going to be hard to evaluate a guy that plays in a purely spread offense because it's not it, it's not what you do in the NFL. Yes, some of the principles have transferred over, but it's just not the same. And what is totally covered in the National Football League, completely covered. Oh, excuse me. What is completely covered in college football, like that dude's covered, we can't throw it there, is wide ass open in the NFL. And so I need to see guys that have transferable skills. Well, tomorrow in What Does the Film Say at 745, you are going to... Put Caleb Williams through the Exos Thundercloud ringer. I'm going to look at the Notre Dame. And you're looking at the Notre Dame game where so it's he one game and USC did not play well. But it was arguably against their the best defense that they played against all year. Again, a non-Pac-12 defense. So you're being yeah. fair here. At least you're, you know, for all the Penix fans who came after you yesterday, at least you're going to be fair because they were saying, well, well, Caleb Williams plays in the Pac-12. So right. you're going to do your breakdown of Caleb Williams tomorrow against a team that did, does not play in the Pac-12 and was arguably the closest defense that USC played all year to an NFL defense yeah. in Notre Dame. So, Plus, Notre Dame has Sam Hartman, who is he is the Eric Decker of this generation. That dude is fine. <laughs> Hold up. I'm telling you what, he's hot. I can't believe you just... And you pulled that off so effortlessly. Yeah, he's hot. By the way, congratulations to Eric Decker. Wait, wait, and- whoa, 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 whoa. Sid, just look up Sam Hartman. Get a, get a big, good picture of Sam Hartman and tell me if you think he's fine. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Eric Decker. Eric Decker and his uh, uh, wife, uh, Jesse... Jesse Decker. Jesse Decker James? Yeah, Jesse Decker Day. Jesse Decker Day. Anyway, they James. had their uh, fourth child. Four? Yep. Wow. Congratulations. She's short. Congratulations. Yeah. To the Deckers. Oh. She's a wee. She's a wee. Uh, Reminds me of uh, 
Bryce Harper. I mean, not Bryce Harper, but uh, Bryce, Young. Bryce Young. Yeah. Little wee little. <laughs> wee little She's fella. She's a wee little thing. Wee little fella. Uh, so, Jake Shapiro writing, could the Broncos make the 49ers' dreams come true? So we we learned back during the trade deadline last season that the 49ers were sniffing around Patrick Sertan. Well, Bleacher Report put together what would make the, the dream offseason for NFL teams. They named acquiring PS2 as the dream offseason get for the 49ers. Okay. Let me deconstruct it this way. So when you look at the 49ers who fell short again, Kyle falling short again, is is defensive back, cornerback, a, a glaring need for them. They've had so many injuries, and yes, they've had, uh, they'll get um, Hufunga back at the safety position. The guy's a really good player. Charvarius Ward is a tremendous corner. If you put another lockdown corner the opposite side of Charvarius Ward, you're talking about a very formidable defense. But they had, yeah, they definitely had issues at the cornerback position. Would you trade Pat Sertan? Well, what would I get back in return? Uh, well, if it's San Francisco, you're talking about somebody who's picking 31st. So, I, I mean, to me, I think you'd, you'd have to start with... Um, you got to get two first-rounders. Two first, two first, right? Because yeah. with the 49ers, you're, you're basically looking at well, 30, borderline first or second-round picks, right? Yeah, you're getting 31st. You're getting a second-round pick. So that's like two second-rounders. So it even have to be sweeter than that because it's not like they're not going to be one of the top teams in the NFC next year, right? Right. So you, two firsts and a second? And let's just say they're picking around, around the same area next year. You know, 25 20, to 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You got to get at least two. Yeah, you have to have get first round Two picks. first and then maybe a second in there as well. Or is there a player you could move with? Ooh. So you give us Sertan. We'll give you our first rounder. San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco. We'll give you our first rounder and. Give me, give me a, a young player. Young player. Good young player. Right. Not making a ton of money. Ooh. Give me one. You know their roster pretty well. I do know their roster pretty well. I'm just trying to think of. Problem is, Ayuk is a free agent. I don't know that. You know, Jennings, I think, is a free agent. Defensively, is there some yeah. young player on the defensive side of the ball? One of their defensive linemen that. Yeah, well, you know, the, the Kinlaw kid was a first-round pick. Ooh, that I liked hasn't, him. I liked him he, long. He, he, hasn't him really, he hasn't really, he's had some foot injury things. He hasn't really panned out. But would he pan out here? Okay. I don't know, interesting. Interesting conversation. See what happens. But for the right deal, you do it. Oh, yeah. Patrick Sertan is Look, not untouchable. I'm rebuilding. So long. You are just... Yeah. Man, you are just plus. You are getting rid of dog. You are getting rid of everybody. I have the queen of breakups on my side. Good point. She Although is that'd like, be a tough one. She's like an Adia, evil princess. Adia, say goodbye to PS2. Oh, she could do it. She no could. problem. She could, actually. I have no doubt. So, uh, just when you think it can't get any worse for the Rockies, ESPN comes along with their, <laughs> their rankings. Oh, gosh. 
I'm first off, I'm surprised they even knew that the Rockies played baseball. They are projecting the Rockies to be the worst team in Major League Baseball this year. So, well, so what you're saying is they're projecting us to be number one. Correct. So that's top place, Johnny. Here's what they said, and you got to like the little blurb that they they put in this. Okay. The 2024 outlook. Thanks to Jake Shapiro for putting this all together. The uh, 2024 outlook for the Rockies already looked exceedingly grim. Then, just as spring training dawned, we learned that their closer, Daniel Bard, would be out for a few weeks because of a knee injury. And so begins another season at high altitude. Maybe the best thing for sports fans in Denver would be if the Rockies could somehow absorb the contract of Russell Wilson, who played two seasons in the Colorado system. He might have some remaining upside in this sport, and it would give the Broncos some much-needed roster flexibility. Win-win. This would be allowed, right? Ugh. We are now... They're now making punchlines. Wow. So the uh, Rockies are, you know, basically... Their over-under is around uh, basically like 60, 60 and a half. So they're projected to go 60 and 102. And 102. I think they can make it. I, I, I'll i take at 60 and a half, I'll take the under. So will I. Hmm. But, hey, come see Shohei Hatani. We're running the ads. They're, they're advertising ticket sales on... This station and and oh, how yeah. are they selling it? Come see Shohei Otani and the Red Sox. Mm. That's how they market them. They market the ballpark and they market the opposing teams and players coming to town. Wow! And you know what? It works for them. Their business model works. Man, hundred years from now, there's going to be business schools, right? Doing classes Dedicated. on how the Rockies ran business in the. 2020s. Genius. Genius. I wonder when they do all the, the you know. Run they, a Major League Base, own a Major League Baseball team where the actual Major League Baseball team is the afterthought. It is genius. In the business model. It genius. Is, it is genius. I wonder where, like, value, you know how the value, like the Yankees value is $5 billion or whatever it is. What would be the value of the Rockies, comparatively speaking, to the rest of Major League Baseball? I would have to think they're. It's good. I I would have to think they're in the, you know, they're right around the middle of the pack. All right. So get this. uh, Get this one. You ready to be sick? Dick Montfort, along with brother Charlie, but Charlie's out of the mix now. Yeah. Dick Montfort, the Montforts bought the franchise for ninety-five million dollars in nineteen ninety-two. Guess what they valued out at last year. $245 $245 billion. $245 billion? Or not two, the Broncos I mean, sold for no, like no, no, five no, no. and a half. I meant, I meant $2.45 billion. Right. Yeah, you know what I meant. Uh, no, I had the decimal in the wrong place. You had the place. decimal in the like having this really wrong place. Right. That was like having the emphasis on the wrong syllable. That is a, uh, that is a costly... Uh, yeah. 2.5 billion. Two point four five. Counting error. Yeah, two uh, four one point. Po- one and a half billion. One and a half billion. One and a half billion. You're off by about a billion bucks, but still, ninety five million now worth one and a half billion. <sighs> Not a bad investment. Ninety two. In nineteen ninety two. What would that be? So in the span of thirty years, it's gone from ninety five million to one and a half billion. What's your return on investment on that? <sighs> like I said, somebody that knows some math. Like I said. 
Oh, what's the uh, percentage? Yeah, what's when are you ROI? nerds? When are you nerds? Yeah, Give me the on. percentage on that, nerds. Go. Nerd power activate. Yikes. Like I said, they're going to be writing. What's up, my nerds? They're going to be writing. <laughs> they're going to be holding business classes on yeah. the, the genius of Dick Monfort. He's my daddy. I got nothing I can say. He's my daddy. He is my daddy. All right, that is uh, some of the uh, top stories going on at denversports.com. Check it all out. Free to you. Constantly updated. Uh, throughout the course of the day, the uh, Avalanche win last night. They beat uh, Vancouver three to one. It is what I am calling a uh, check the boxes type win. A lot of boxes got checked. They they uh, move uh, a little bit further away from that horrendous road trip. Mm-hmm. Putting that in their rear yeah. mirror. Yeah, uh, they continue to be dominant at home. NHL best record of twenty two and five. Uh, Alexander Georgiev. Uh, is tied for the league lead in wins among goaltenders with 30. Nathan McKinnon, 27-game home point streak to start the season. Hmm. Now only Wayne Gretzky in his way at 40. What's the uh, what's the overall point streak? Like, what's the longest point streak? You know, because you have oh, to play on the road as well. Correct. This is a home point streak. What is the longest? I'll tell you what. Fever, can you look that up for me? The longest just... The, just the longest consecutive point, point streak... streak in, in in a season, or I guess carried over uh, from one season to the oh, next. Oh yeah, too. you can carry that over. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, they'll look that over. Uh, Ryan Johansson breaks a twenty game scoreless streak, two goals. Hey, in the hopes that talk about ROI, the idea of acquiring Ryan Johansson was going to be the second line center. He's been a flop so far, but maybe, maybe this is the start of a a heater for him. And maybe the best thing that uh, uh, transpired last night, we saw Adam Foot behind the bench. He's an assistant for Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And oh, that nose. Oh, that's it's glorious. It's glorious. That, that nose. He's got a couple kids playing in the minors, right? Footer? Yeah, we don't really want to talk about that. No? No, it's a very... I'm being serious. That's a sensitive... We do not speak his name. Oh, I subject did, I, right now. I did not know, yeah. really. Yeah. Oh, Maybe you'll have to fill me in. I will fill you in. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't want to go down there. Rewind that. Can you rewind that? Yeah, let's, ex- it, let's just X that I ever said that because I have no idea what was going down. So that uh, is what happened. <laughs> wow. uh, you just crushed the momentum of that segment right there. Did I? <laughs> we'll talk about it. Google it. Uh, um, maybe I don't want to. No, okay. I apologize. You know, Adam Foot and I are buddies. No, I, I love Adam. And it's not. I mean, it has nothing to do with Adam Foot. Um, it, it's his. It's his kid. But um, anyway, okay. look it up. All right. All right. Um, Stephen A. Smith. This is interesting. Stephen A. Smith, who you would think, because he drew the ire of one Mark Schlereth yesterday when he put together his five storylines, five most right. compelling storylines for the rest of the NBA season. Correct. Did not include anything Nugget related. Nothing about the nothing. Nuggets trying to win back to back. Nothing about Jokic trying to win three out of four. I think it was, uh, are the Clippers for real? Clippers can, can the Clippers make the finals? Right, right. Can, is Giannis and Dame gonna right. figure it out together? Uh, is is Tatum, Tatum the real MVP? Right. Gonna win the MVP? Um, the Knicks make, the, an Knicks Eastern make the Eastern Conference Finals, and LeBron is this LeBron's last stand? Right. Is he gonna make it? Right. You know, right. whatever. Right. So you would think that this this just a mere possibility of Nikola Jokic and Luka Doncic playing together would get Stephen A uh-huh. you know 
just, just Twitter pated, right? About the idea of sure. Wow, I mean, this is this is awesome. We we at ESPN, we love our NBA super teams, right? The uh, the the conglomeration uh-huh. of two or three uh-huh. stars together. This is you, you think this would be great? Well, actually, surprisingly, um, Stephen A. Not a huge fan of it. He already likes the way the Nuggets are built. It would be nice, but it's really why does Jokic need Luka? He's the reigning defending NBA champion. When he and Jamal Murray are in the lineup together this year, they were 28 and 11. When they're not in the lineup together, they're 8 and 8 team, a 500 team. They're the reigning defending NBA champions. When they were struggling years ago, that was when Jamal Murray had his injury and he was compromised for two full seasons. And as a result, Denver was compromised as well because without him, Jokic just ain't the same. I'm 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 with Stephen A. It's Luka Doncic. I get it. He's one of the best players in the NBA, but I I think the Nuggets are good. When I look at Jamal Murray and I look at Jokic, I say to myself, they are spectacular. They're special together. Jokic with Luka would be phenomenal in certain respects, but remember, Luka needs the ball, and Luka holds on to the ball a bit much. With Murray, Murray passes it or he shoots it. And his decisions are relatively quick. That's not Luca's game. So I would say to you, be careful what you wish for, because when you look at Denver, they're already winning without Luca. I don't normally agree with Stephen A. I agree 100 yeah. percent whole milk, heavy cream. Right. Thanks, but no thanks. I'm good. No, not if it requires Jamal. No, thank you. I just don't know how. I don't know how you would put Jamal, Luka, and Jokic out there and expect it to be a, as seamless a flow as it is well, that I don't, we watch right now. Right. I don't think it'll be as seamless a flow. But, yeah, I I, I think... Too many mouths to feed. I'm yeah, sorry. I think, Too many I think, mouths to feed. I think Stephen A. makes some very salient points. And I think ultimately the one point he's leaving out is that he hates Denver and doesn't want to have to talk about them. And if Luca came here, you would have to talk about the Denver Nuggets, and no, and they don't want to. He doesn't want to. Well, that's because they still look at what the Nuggets did last year as a fluke, as an aberration. They'll go away. Don't worry. But if they keep winning and they keep winning mm-hmm. championships, they'll have no choice. Yes, correct. And they they may not like that, but they'll have no choice. Yeah. And guess what? If the Nuggets win another championship as early as this this summer, it'll be they'll, they'll, it'll be foisted upon them. Well, yeah, but you or know what? But you know what's going to happen though along the way? Or thrown upon them. The 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 rest of the country, the rest of the NBA world, the rest of the fans out there are going to be like, hey, this this Nuggets team is is fun. Right. They're cool. Uh, well, they're, Larry, they're easy to get behind. What did Larry Bird say? Larry he's, Bird says the one, he's the one team that I like to watch. Exactly. He said, it, it used to be the Warriors, the team that I enjoyed watching the most. Now it's the Nuggets. Can you get a better endorsement than that? No. No. You can't. It's Larry freaking Bird. Here's my question. Okay. Is there any guard in the NBA mm-hmm. currently playing that you would trade straight up Jamal Murray for? To put with this team, this starting five with Jokic. Any guard. Any guard. You can have anyone. Trade Murray straight up for, and bring into the mix. See, I, I, I would say no, simply because of the two man game that they play and the unselfishness with which Murray plays. And oh, by the way, when playoff time rolls around, uh huh, Murray becomes the best guard in basketball. Right. Excellent point. He bides his time. 
He knows what he needs to do to get them where they need to be. And then when playoff time rolls around, he's dominant. Maybe the better question is, name me another guard besides Jamal Murray that you would rather have in the playoffs. Ooh. Other than maybe a Steph Curry. Can you name one? I can't. Hmm. You're you going to tell me, I want? do I want Devin Booker ahead of Jamal Murray in the playoffs? Do I want Trey Young ahead of playoff Jamal Murray? Do I want uh, Jalen Brunson over playoff Jamal Murray? Nope, nope, nope. Yeah, I playoff Jamal is fire. Hey, no <laughs> cap. You're talking about somebody who last year averaged... 20 points per game in the regular season and scored 26 points per game in the playoffs. Mm. In, in, in a league where typically players go the other way, right? this guy went up six points in the playoffs. How old is Trey Young? Uh, well, Trey, uh, how old is Trey Young? Well, I guarantee you his hairline is a little bit older than he is. That thing is... That thing is struggling, right? Precipitously... Fade. I don't care how much you floof it up. <laughs> That's right. That, that thing is wispy. That thing is wispy. It is wispy. He's wispy. He's very wispy. He's very wispy. He's hanging on by a thread there. Uh, yeah. Trey Young is, uh, he, he just turned 25. Hairline 45? Yeah. Ouch. He's got one of those Kyle Anderson. Minnesota, mm-hmm. Derek White, yeah, airlines. Got to be careful. So we're in agreement then. Yeah. So thanks, but no thanks to Luca. Uh-huh. Does that say something? Are we being? Are we being? I'll throw that out. There. Are we just being homers, or are we? I mean, Stephen A. said it. I, I, I know. I, I agree with Stephen A. I like the chemistry is so good here, and they win with chemistry. They win with unselfishness. They win with team basketball. He's a ball dominant guy, as Stephen A. mentioned. Does that really fit what Michael Malone has got them pl- the way he has them play? Exactly. You've got no. a, a team that plays unlike any other in the NBA, nope. and I'm going to break that up. Yeah. Just because of star power? Mm-hmm. No thanks. And you've cultivated it's taken 8 years to cultivate Jokic and Murray to the point where their chemistry is just pristine. Mm-hmm. It's pristine and in my opinion the best Duo I've seen since Hall of Famers John Stockton and Carl Malone for yeah. all those years in Utah. Why, why do I want to break that up? Yeah. No thanks. Especially when, you know, I'm, there's this tendency to look at Jamal Murray like, you know, oh, wow, Jamal, he's not even in the same class as Luka. Again, right. playoff Jamal versus anything I've seen from Luka, I'll take playoff Jamal. We ought to put a there's sur- very few people I'll take over playoff Jamal. We ought to put a survey up. Great duos. Jamal, Joker, Malone, Stockton, mm-hmm. Schlereth, Evans. Yes, yes, yes. Great yes. duos. Great duos. Russ, Cortland. Yes, yes. Awesome duo. Yeah. They were a terrific duo. They had a great, they had a great duo thing going. They were a terrific duo. Coming up next, what do we make of the uh, report? Out of Minnesota that Sean Payton is lusting after J.J. McCarthy. Mm. That's next. Ever 
Ever since we got Xfinity, we have Wi-Fi all over the house. Even in my hiding spots. Ha! Found ya. How? That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity. Now through March 21st, get started with 200 megabit internet for $25 a month for two years with no annual contract and get Wi-Fi equipment included. Go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY or visit a store today. Requires paperless plan auto pay with stored bank account. Restrictions apply. Taxes and fees extra. After promo, regular rates apply to internet service and Wi-Fi equipment. Actual speeds vary. Larith and Evans' big story of the day. Why is this that you're so... You're so... Big. Here's Slareth and Evans with this morning's biggest story in Denver sports. Big mistake. Big. Huge. So check this out. Normally, at first glance, you don't necessarily spend a, a, a lot of time paying attention to a, a Bronco-related rumor coming out of Minnesota. But... Then you start to look at it a little deeper, and you realize, well, maybe there's something to this. So the Vikings pick 11th, right in front of the Broncos at 12. And the Vikings quarterback situation is uh, very much up in the air as well. Uh, Kirk Cousins will be, what do we figure out, 36 next year? 36 in August. Coming off an Achilles! Hmm. Do the Vikings want to continue to... Go down that road with Cousins, uh, or do they want to go in a, a different direction? And might that include, you know, some of the same names that the, the Broncos are looking at, either through free agency or through the draft? And this report from Paul Allen, longtime voice of the Vikings, also does some uh, talk radio, said, quote, There is just a little bit of steam that is beginning to emerge locally that Sean Payton loves J.J. McCarthy. Peyton covets the next Drew Brees, so just keep that in mind, you know, when you're thinking 11, and if you're thinking J.J. McCarthy at 11, just know behind you, you have the desperate Peyton, who basically will beg, borrow, and steal to get exactly what he wants from this draft from a QB standpoint. A pretty reliable individual informed me over the weekend that Peyton is quite enamored with J.J. McCarthy. Ooh, so much to dig into here. Yeah, it's spicy. It is spicy. Well, first of all, who do you think that pretty reliable individual may be? It's spicy. Somebody that uh, Paul Allen in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. That was a long, drawn-out who. You sound like an owl. Who? Who? Mm-hmm. Paul Allen. I mean, George Payton was in Minnesota for a very long time. Yeah, but is George going to George is already on shaky ground here. Is George allowed to speak? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. Is George allowed to spread rumors? Is George allowed to gossip? I don't think George George is the source. I don't think so either. Can I give you a dark horse name? Ooh. You've got a name? I got a name. He's uh, synonymous with with, uh, Denver, Denver Radio. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Denver, Denver Radio. Okay, keep going. Calling Denver Games. Calling Denver Games. But has, and has, has uh, workplaces that has uh, deep connections with the Broncos. Uh-huh. But also has a deep Minnesota connection as well. 
Our guy Roach. Alan Roach. Oh. Calls me. He does PA for the Minnesota games. He's That's a Minnesota right. guy. Goes back to Minnesota during. Yeah, he does all the home games. And yet, you, I'm sure he still has his connections I've, here I've in Denver. Bumped, I bumped into him traveling back from calling a mm-hmm. Minnesota game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't accuse him of gossiping, but I'm just uh, tossing that out there. Just a possibility. Roach is awesome. He He's, did the Super Bowl this year. Yes, he does. Well, he does them all. He does Super Bowls. He does Olympics. He does... I mean, he's the voice of God at, at all these major events. He does have an unbelievable voice. Every time I try to catch him, too. Every time I talk to him on a personal level, waiting for his voice to crack a little bit. Like, yeah, right. It's just you using your big boy voice. Right, but his, right. No, he's just got a big boy do voice. You, do you end up like... Uh, like, I ran into him once at a, at a restaurant. Like, uh, my wife and I were at a restaurant. You're like, hey, Roach. And I heard him talking. Yeah, right, do you? Do you right, you got to yeah. end up almost right. like talking a little deeper. Yeah. How you doing? It's good to hear you. Good to see you. You hear me? <laughs> My voice dropped. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I just uh, I'll just I'll just throw he, that. is he still the tra- the voice of the train? I think he is. I think so. Yeah. I don't know why you would take him off anything voice wise? Why? Uh, so there's that part of it. How about the part that again in this Paul Allen report? Yeah. That Peyton is desperate. And will, quote, basically beg, borrow, and steal to get exactly what he wants from this draft from a QB standpoint. Do you think Sean is desperate when it comes to replacing Russell Wilson? He spent this year, year one was to figure out whether or not he could make it work with Russ. He obviously decided he can't. So do you think he's desperate to find his replacement? I think desperate is a big word. I think he is... I I don't doubt that he will beg, or he will, he will do what it takes to get a guy that he wants. Here's the thing about Sean, he will identify what he wants, and then he will move heaven and earth to get what he wants. But it won't be some willy nilly. I just need one in the first round because that's what I. It will be a guy. It will be a specific guy. That he looks at and says, that is my dude. That is the guy that I like. That is the guy that I think can operate the offense with which I want to operate. That's the dude. And it may not be, you know, a Drake May. It may not be a Jalen. It may not be a Daniels. It may not be a Williams. It may be a Bo Nix. It may be a McCarthy. It'll be one. It'll be somebody. But it's not going to be all of them. I promise you that. Yeah, I don't. I don't buy the the desperate part. If if we've learned anything in the short time that Sean Payton has been here, need I remind you, he's pretty confident in himself. What I talk with Russell about is none of your business. <laughs> it wasn't our home. No big whoop. I mean, this is a guy who, much to his detriment, much to the delight of his critics, I love to point out how arrogant this guy comes across. He doesn't strike me. He strikes me more as somebody who isn't going to be desperate when it comes to identifying a quarterback. Mm-hmm. He strikes me more as somebody who is uber confident in his own abilities to make more out of less Yeah, with quarterback prospects. Yeah, I don't. I, arrogance, more confident. I've been there, I've had success. I know what it looks like. There's a fine line, though, between confidence and arrogance. And by the way, I don't have a problem with arrogance. 
I mean, I mean, but it's not like Patrick Waugh was arrogant. Yeah, but it's not like Michael Jordan was arrogant. But they they accomplished. So there's a confidence that goes with that. Yeah. Because they're accomplished. And Sean's accomplished. Don't let my confidence offend your insecurity. By the way, that you're, you're getting some, some, some blowback on that too. That you're that you stole that from Deion Sanders. I didn't steal it from Deion Sanders. So let me just give this to you. I don't know if I believe. You don't believe. Now, did Deion say that? Yes, he did. I believe in Sean Payton. Okay, but I have what we like to call. I what we have to call. I call it the wisdom list. The wisdom list. You, You walk around with a wisdom list. Yeah. And I started this wisdom list several years ago. The second, the second thing on my wisdom list, it's quotes, it's thoughts, it wherever I pull them from. Where like, and, and if I can find out if I, if if I can find the the person who it originated with, I'll put it on here. But I don't. The second, the second one in my wisdom, first one was stop waiting for the right time. Time isn't waiting for you. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I like that. The second one, and I started this probably three years ago, before Dion became the coach here. Mm-hmm. Don't allow my confidence to fit, to offend your insecurities. That's the second one on my wisdom list. Okay. So it's not a Dion original either. So it's out there. It, it Somebody came up with it. Yeah. And, you're, and, and, and you're, you stole it. Dion stole it. Likely Dion stole it from you. Here's one, and this, this one came from Nick Saban. Two most significant worlds in the NFL, words in the NFL draft, and or but. And is, this guy is a great player. He's got great tangible skills, and he's an unbelievable leader. This guy's got great skills. He's got unbelievable tangible skills, but he's a turd. <laughs> and good, yeah, yeah. but not good. I guess when you put it that way, yes. <laughs> Here's one from Sandy from Sandy Clough. You cannot manufacture des you cannot manufacture desperation. That, that is a great Clough. Clough has used that one forever. I've I've stolen that one, and unlike you, every time I use it, I give him credit. This one's from Peyton Manning via Drew Drew Locke. Allow quiet victories, never loud celebrations. That was Peyton telling that to Drew Locke. Right. Drew Locke shared that with you. Yep. What was that? Allow quiet victories. Third down and four, throw in the dirt, live to fight another day. Third down and four, throw pick six. Pick six is a loud celebration. Third down and four is a quiet victory. Get it? I got it. Let it oh, go, I got man. a million. I got a million. Well, they're, they're all very profound, and we'll sprinkle some in as we uh, move mm-hmm. along. But up next, our guy, Joel Klatt, lists his generational quarterbacks. Could a future Bronco quarterback be on that list? That's next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station. 104.3 The Fan. So our guy Joel Klatt. Love our guy Joel. Uh, very busy during this uh, part of the season doing podcasts and putting out lists. Yeah, he's a list maker. He loves his lists. So he put together his list 
of the top generational quarterbacks that have come out since 2012. Uh, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck was considered, despite how it worked out, he was considered uh, the, the one of those few can't-miss generational quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, had he not gotten destroyed by the Broncos, um, who knows where his career would have ended up. But, um, okay. but I'm talking about people like Elway, Peyton Manning, um, Andrew Luck. Trevor Lawrence was, was considered coming out of Clemson. Uh, a generational that, that kind of yeah. generational can't miss quarterback. Okay. Anyway, here's how this is since 2012. Right. Here's so how he you've ran. had some. You've had some time then, right? Yeah, but this is how he. All right. He's just going by not how it's worked out, but for yeah. the player, but right. just you know how he felt about that player coming out of college. Okay. Okay. What the 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 body of work that guy did in college? Okay. Go ahead. Number five, mm-hmm. try not to snicker, Bryce Young. Okay. Hmm. Amazing uh, maturity. I'm writing showed, down. showed by you. Number four, Drake May. He, Num- he hasn't. He hasn't come out. He, he hasn't he's, gotten he's coming, drafted. He, he's coming okay. out of North Carolina. Number three, Joe Burrow. Number two, Trevor Lawrence. And Joel Klatt's number one prospect among quarterbacks coming out of college since 2012, Caleb Williams. Okay. It's a lot of quarterbacks that have come out in the last decade. Right. And he's got two in this year's draft that he considers among his top five, top right. four in uh, in generational generational guys. And of all those guys... There's only one guy in that list that you would say yep. has transitioned to a point where you're like, yeah, that's the dude. Yep. And that's Joe Burrow. Yep. Yeah, Damn, Trevor. That was a real downer. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence is a um, – Trevor Lawrence at this point is a good quarterback. Yeah. That's as, Thanks a lot, Mike. That's as far as I'm ready to go there, right, right? with Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I think that's fair. He's a good quarterback. But he's not lived up to his billing yet. No, he was the. I mean, he was awesome. He was going to be the greatest. He was, you know, he had all those things yep. going for him. Best prospect coming out of college since Andrew Luck, okay. and um, that's worked out. But Joel, Joel, at least put his name on he because you're you're going to catch some flack because you're right. Joe Burrow's the only one out of those five, well, out of those three that have gone on to the NFL that have um, this does go back shown anything. Yet. This does go back to. The thing that resonated with me when I was talking to Bill Lazor. Who's Bill Lazor? Long time NFL coach, offensive coordinator, works with the Houston Texans, some offensive, you know, some offensive guru assistant was, you know, had a big time part in CJ. Um, C.J. Uh, Stroud's development. Okay. That it's not about what you did in college. It's about the transferable skills. You know how you you know a guy, you can tell a guy is a Hall of Famer by watching him play? Mm-hmm. Not by what his statistics at the Combine said, but just by watching the guy play. 
there are certain things that you look at that you just say, that dude can play. And there are certain things you look at and you're like, oof, I don't like the way that looks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it goes back to the eyeball test, which which the problem that people have with the eyeball test is that is that it doesn't quantify. They don't get a number. And they can't be a part of the eyeball test because they honestly don't know what they're looking at. So it offends people because I don't get to be a part of it. And that is a, it's a societal thing that we, uh, issue that we have, right? Everybody's got to, everybody's, like, we got to create, everybody's got to be equal and we got to, it's, it's all got to be fair and it's all this garbage, this bill of goods of this garbage that we've been, that's been shoved down our throats that's not reality. We're not all, hey, we all have, we all have inalienable rights, but we're all not created equal. We aren't, which is a good thing because every one of us has different strengths and different weaknesses and different things that make us who we are. And and right, it, this has gotten heavy. But it's get back to quarterbacks. But it's it's true. The yeah. the point being is we want to be able to say, hey, it's fair, mm-hmm. and I can let some dude that's never done anything, you know, be part of my organization. Which is why the numbers and the stats make it so much much easier for people. Well, look at the stats. You know, right. He, he must be. But it's not It's not reality, no, though. No, it's not. It's, it's not. And that's, not always. It goes back to what is transferable? What is what, what allows you to, you know, to be successful at the next level? And it's not, you know, it's not what you did necessarily in college. There's some of those things that equate, but a lot of those things don't based on the way you play, the system that you play, all those different things. And so sometimes it's just about being able to look at a guy and going, Ooh, that dude's got something special, well, like or for, that guy doesn't. For example, you you've changed the way that I I look at quarterback play with all the the film study that you do and and what you've shown me, taught me, looking at the the game film throughout the course of the year, and the way that I look at, at quarterback play now. And until a running quarterback comes along, where where you, it's clear he's he's an athlete who plays quarterback. Right. Until that kind of quarterback wins the Super Bowl and starts winning Super Bowls, I'm going to stick with the model that has been tried and true for 58 Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. And, and that is it still comes down to what you do and how you operate in the pocket. And it's why I've soured on Russ. Why, Russ, I have no problem seeing Russ. He's just not – if you just look at him and how he operates in the pocket, it's just not good enough. Yeah. And especially as he gets older. So to me, it's when you look at these quarterbacks and you're evaluating these quarterbacks coming out of college or the ones that might be available in in free agency, to me, it's let's start with what are those transferable skills when you watch this guy play that you can tell he knows how to operate, slice and dice and manipulate from the pocket. Right. And and, and if if you don't see signs of that, then you know what? Thanks. Move on. And that really becomes one of the problems with evaluating college football, like Pac-12 football, for mm-hmm. instance, is how many static three-by-two empty formations do you see where you spread a defense out and you pick a receiver? And because you're playing with such a pace that most teams just play some type of zone, not a lot of match, there is some, 
but not as much. And then when you have that space on the wide side of the field, Mike, and think about that hash mark. So now I line up in a static formation, and I've got two receivers over on the wide side of the field. I'm in a two-by-two two formation on the wide side of the field, and I have almost 12 feet more real estate. That's three yards, or four yards, excuse me, four yards of extra real estate. So how much easier is it to get open in the college game than it is in the professional game? And now I'm just in a static formation going, where's my best matchup? Oh, I'm running a slant here, and that guy's six yards off. Wow, what a, oh, man, he's so good. Look at the accuracy. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But sometimes that stuff doesn't. Oh, I got a guy in press, and I got all that space toward the sideline to run a fade. And he throw. Oh man! He and got, and the receiver's eight yards beyond the corner. Oh, well. In the wake of Clack coming out and saying that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback prospects, best quarterback prospect he's seen coming out of college in the last ten years. Uh, as part of what does the film say tomorrow at seven forty-five? You're going to break down Caleb Williams, and you're not going to be going for one of the easy ones. You are you are hard on Michael Penix. Based on his performance against Michigan, mm-hmm. you're going to take a look at Caleb Williams and USC's uh, very bad loss at Notre Dame earlier this season. Yeah. The one that really kind of torpedoed uh, uh, Caleb Williams' uh, Heisman uh, hopes. So you're going to take a look at that game and tell and us the, what you the, think and of the, Caleb Williams. Yeah, and the good news is it'll be, it'll be the uh, coach's film. Right, that's what I mean. So I won't get mesmerized by a sideline shot of Sam Hartman, who is fine. <laughs> That's the second fine. time today you've called Sam Hartman. Did you look oh. him up, Rogue? Fine. I, I did. He's fine, right? Well, he's not as good looking as my boyfriend, but I could see how Rogue. Mark Schlereth would be attracted to him. Rogue, come on. Come on. I'm going to have to see you don't, a You, you haven't seen I'm my gonna, guy. I'm going to have to see a picture of your guy. Yeah, we're going to have to see a picture okay, of your I'll guy. I'll show you. And then... Next right. to Sam Hartman. I'll be the judge of this. <laughs> yes, people. Mark will be. Because as he said, Sam Hartman is He's fine. Fine. Uh, up next, uh, if you have budget constraints, if you're trying to balance a budget, it's clear you want Mark Schlereth to do the be- budget balancing, mm. as you'll find out why next.